From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you along with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan and uh, one of our favorite people yes. here with us tonight, Gardal Wilson. And uh, we're going to be talking about a, uh, a precious part of our society, yes, veterans, indeed. and some great things God is calling you to do now. And uh, actually, Gardal, earlier today I did a, a funeral for a Navy wave. Oh, Navy yes, wave. She, yeah, she, uh, actually the wave, uh, program, uh, stopped, I think around 1947. Mm-hmm. Or so right mm-hmm. after World War II, but the name kind of stuck. Exactly. And so any, any, you know, female in the, in the Navy became a wave, but, exactly. uh, she had a fascinating job. She, um, uh, was a, a communications specialist oh. and decoded sensitive information Christology. regarding Locations of bomb sites, and you know, then this was this was just right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. And very high security clearance, big time. Yeah, in she, fact, uh, she was based in Washington D.C. Yes. When she walked around, they actually had to have a security detail, Most with her, you know, Most to, to protect her from. Yeah. Any, and you know, and, and a wonderful thing here, at least in Modesto, where where we do most of our our funerals, they always do a twenty one gun salute. Yes. I wish they'd quit. Aiming at me though. <laughs> that would be a good thing. Yeah, it's like, Pastor, this will be short, right? You know. So, I don't know. I don't know how I, we got off on. I, Duck, I, who knows? Ducking behind the podium. I yeah. think we better go to our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Are you a Jesus freak? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse. Isn't that great? Wow. You know, that kind of uh, sums it up. Yeah. And and I would add to that, if if you're not suffering some attacks in 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 the yeah, pursuit of those five, job. yeah, because the uh, the ugly dude doesn't kick a dead horse, does he? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, no. Further. 
All right. And by the way, uh, thanks to uh, Big Valley Christian Junior Hires. Yeah. We uh, finished our school year with them, went out and uh, painted out Graffiti. game tagging. Yeah. And then the... Uh, certain parts of Modesto and, uh, for security, we don't, we don't let those out, but I'll tell you what a, what a neat bunch of kids. And we had uh, almost, I think about almost 20, uh, this time. And, and, uh, we give them a half hour lecture on the history of gangs in our area, how they came to be, uh, the history of the Norteños and the Sorenos and how all that works. And, and then we let them know what the tagging means. Yeah, exactly. You know? So when they the see messages. that a 13 yes. or a 14 or a 187, they know what they're exactly. talking about. So uh, just a, a great partnership, and, and we thank you so much, uh, the good kids there at uh, Big Valley Christian School, for uh, coming out with us uh, about once a month good during job. the uh, school year. And let's go to another great friend, Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The California legislature continues its assault on parental rights and its interference in family medical decisions. AB 2109 would make the opt-out process for parents having strongly held beliefs against vaccines more complex and more expensive. The bill would require parents seeking vaccine opt-outs to get a signed form about immunization from a medical provider at their expense. PGI will continue to assist all families seeking to preserve their parental rights and protect their strongly held religious beliefs. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Some opportunities for you to serve. The California Dental Association. Yikes, that reminds me of an appointment coming up. <laughs> They're having a CDA Cares Free Dental Clinic, and that's going to provide free dental services for a lot of folks who wouldn't normally uh, be able to take advantage of this. And this is happening this uh well, this month, May 19th and the 18th, 18th and 19th, Saturday, um, from 7 in the morning until 6 p.m. at the Modesto Center Plaza, more than 1,500 patients, this is really cool, who have difficulty uh, accessing care, including the uninsured, underinsured, unemployed, and uh, others. Hopefully some vets will be able to take part in this as well. So do they need some volunteers who would be filling some needs? That's good, Mark. Uh, Mark. <laughs> but yeah. I don't. I said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been a be, long day. Yeah, yes. been Sorry, a long I couldn't day. resist. Yeah. I'll just shut up here and let uh, you, no, you finish. Yeah. Know, we, know, we know you won't, but that's okay. <laughs> this is a two-day event. Community volunteers and dental professionals are, are needed to donate kind of fill in their time and skills to offer cleanings, uh, fillings, extractions, oral health education, and assistance. Now, the volunteers aren't extracting the teeth, right? I hope not. No, that's scary. Like the dentists are doing that. That would be Just administering the anesthesia. Um, Now, medical professionals, however, (laughs) if you're a a dentist and you know how to do this Mm. stuff, hopefully you do if you've got that certificate. Physicians, dental lab technicians, and nurses, pharmacists, translators, if you're bilingual, please uh, pay attention to this because we need you to show up for all of this, you know, come out and, and, and volunteer your time. And also as a footnote on that, I mean, they begin at 730. The lines begin yes. at they do. midnight or so the right. day before. Oh, yes. 
yes. for people to get in the line. Absolutely. So if you're really going to want to be a part of that, you're going to have to get there early. Thank and you for saying that. Such early. an important outreach. Definitely. It really is. Awesome. Yeah. Now, volunteer orientation uh, is included in this, too, so you want to show up for that. A clinical provider volunteers must have all appropriate and active license to pro- uh, provide uh, treatment for patients. Mm-hmm. And all volunteers must register at the agency's website. If you want more information, we're going to give you a number that you can uh, check this out here in just a moment. The Salvation Army, we love them too, don't yes, we? Indeed. And they are having their 15th annual Kids Day. Can you believe it? And you're going to see them Already. on every street corner, uh, everywhere. And this is really a good cause because it's all for a worthwhile cause. It's uh, helping children at risk. Uh, they'll be selling newspapers for a dollar. And this money goes for very good causes. After school tutoring. Uh, mentoring programs, homework computers and uh, labs and children's lunch programs, oh, yeah. all of these things, Gardal, it's just a, a great, great thing. Sports yeah, equipment. Modesto be sponsoring like that. that. Yes, it is. So if you see these kids buy and adults. Buy one of those papers. So, yes. Buy, buy five. I always do. Well, buy I, five. I don't know if I buy five, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit. You know, we always go above and beyond, don't we? You're going but, to uh, you know, those ten ne- times. You really will. So sign up today and make a positive impact. They go after business people. Yes, if you want to get involved and then get your, you know, where you work, where you play, uh, you know, just get everybody involved in this. It's really a, a cool deal. So support the 15th annual Kids Day with those Gosh, newspapers. 15 years already. 15 years. How My, how time goes by when oh, you're having fun, definitely. especially, right? And then the Stanislaus County election. 15 years. I was just a kid 15 were, years uh, ago. Right? <laughs> Is that why AARP? We won't even uh, go there. Go. Yeah, yeah, we won't even go there. <laughs> Fine. But, uh, yeah, all right. But anyway, this is another cool thing. Can you believe how close we are to elections, you guys? We're talking June 5th is just right around the corner, too, Tuesday, June 5th. So the presidential primary election, I know we're all anxious to get this out of the way so we can, you know, all of the ads and everything. But anyway, um, the volunteers are needed to serve as election officers, Mm. bilingual election officers. Once again, we need you desperately and on-call election officers at the polls on Election Day. Now, election officers are really cool. They help set up the voter precinct, uh, maintain ballot security, voting equipment, and help voters as necessary. I mean, you're not going to be able to probably at that time tell them who to vote for, but you, know, you can you could try. Election officers receive a $95 stipend for their time and commitment, which includes uh, serving 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. you got to hand it to these people. They put in some long, the, and long It hours. is such an important <laughs> service. It, oh, and, and please vote. Yes. Exactly. Get I, out oh, there. I cannot stand it. Stop in, complaining. In Country right. and don't vote. That's we right. have the freedom to vote in other countries. Do not exercise. And we yes. don't exercise. That drives me not more yeah. than I normally am. Get out there. Not right. Get out there and vote. Expound on that? No, you don't. Like, no. Okay. No, no, right. But on election day, uh, you know, and, and there's a training class for this too. It's mandatory if you want to do this. So classes are uh, classes are offered uh, between May 14th and the 24th in Modesto, Oakdale, and Turlock, and it provides an excellent overview on what happens on election day. It's really really a cool thing. So if you want to take part in this. Uh, if you have any questions about any of these things, um, except for maybe Pastor Mike's background or anything, you can check it into it because Barbara Borba will be glad to help you out. <laughs> she can reach her at 209-524. It's very scary. But 524-1307, extension 113. Again, call Barbara. 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or she loves your email. Borba at uastand.org. She loves Pastor Mike, too. Borba at uastand.org. And, you know, here at home, close to ABC, we have a family. And Dad was recently released from prison right here in our state. And he is looking for uh, 
you know, getting back with his family and remaining outside. He wants to reduce that recidivism rate just as much as anybody else. And, yes. you know, Gardal, how important this is to all of us. Uh, and, and, it is. You know, getting back with his family, reconciling, getting a job. And what this family needs, dear listeners, is your prayers and support. We want you to pray for this family. Amen. And then if you have a bed and if you have a bike, because he wants transportation. We can't get him a Cadillac. No, we're not looking no, for no, that. No, no, but he wants to get to and from point A to point, point B. B. And he's, he's, well, he wants to ride a bike. Summertime. Get, you know, that's it. And, and to get, so to go out and search for his job, to get to his job, to support his family, they need a bed, they need a sofa. And uh, so if you have some of these items and you can donate them, get a hold of us here at ABC because we want to help this family out. Amen. Amen. So call us here at 209 544 Again, that's 209-544-9571. And we'll get these items to the family uh, as they need them. Definitely. Well, you know, Gardal Wilson needs no introduction. He's family stuff I'm around home, here with us. I'm home. Got, he's home. Welcome home. He got held up by a train tonight. Oh, uh, I'm sure everybody here in Modesto is going through that uh, delay of the rail system. <clears throat> that's being changed where you're sitting waiting for the train that doesn't come. Yeah. But um, it's all part of growth and uh, uh, just getting the city up and up and running in a better way. We're so, so glad you came, and you came with some brand-new friends yes, to Lighthouse Live yes, and ABC, Allegra and Charles Taylor. Yes, welcome to Lighthouse Live. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And, Thank you uh, very much. They happen to share a passion with you, Gardal. Tell yes. us how this came about. Well, you know, we've opened up our, uh, the doors now to serve our uh, present and returning military personnel that's coming back home with the war from Afghanistan pray, uh, prayfully winding down. And uh, we began to see a need uh, and, a, and a very disturbing need of, of homeless veterans that have given their lives and their 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 their, their careers and, and uh, time families and dedicated everything just to keeping keeping our country safe where yes. we can sit here on programs such as this and talk about voting as you and Mike were speaking of moment uh, a moment ago. These men are home. They are feeling lost. They're feeling betrayed. They feel they they've been forgotten. And it's a sad situation that I'm seeing more of an influx of veterans that are coming in through us through the homeless uh, situation. Many of these veterans are mental health uh, recipients. Also, um, many of them are felons. Mm, yes, so uh, with the re- reduction of the California Department of Corrections releasing nonviolent and non-sexual of- offenders into back into our communities, a large majority of these individuals are veterans yes, they are. who have just given up and uh, couldn't find a way and caught back up in the drugs and different things like that in order to just to survive. And we are stepping forward, doing something about it here with Veterans Victory for Veterans here in Modesto. And I had the wonderful pleasure of an associate of mine that told me about Chuck and Allegra and what they were doing in Sacramento on their end. So at this moment, I'll give uh, Chuck and Allegra the uh, mic, and they can tell a little bit about what it is that they do and where they're from. Well, good evening, uh we have a started a veterans home. It's called R G H Henderson Veterans Home, and uh, we got started. My wife, at the time, was employed at the VA as an operator, and during the course of dealing day in and day out with the veterans, she found that uh, there are so many of them that were in a need for services and and benefit packages, and they weren't getting the help through the VA. And so, with her passion for their for their care, she uh, was doing everything she could to get them situated. And, 
find out the proper route to go to get their benefits started or if they were denied how to get them reinstated. And through all this, uh, we at the time we had a couple of spare rooms, and so uh, we decided uh, we'd open those up for veterans that didn't have a place. Maybe. And uh, Maybe. we did that, and we bought another house, and so it, that opened up three more rooms wow. because uh, mm. we were moved out of that house, and we have the veterans in that house. And now we have two homes that we have the veterans in, and it's it's a struggle because uh, a lot of them have 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 the uh, drug problems or they had the drug problems we were a, a drug free facility and alcohol free and so they're still struggling to get all their benefits completely restored and so we try to do the best we can in that regard we have one veteran he was even he had a stroke a few years ago and he was totally he's paralyzed on his left side and uh, he's been a, a, a challenge because when we got into this uh I didn't realize how str- how much of a struggle it was going to be. Mm. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's a bit of a challenge. Uh-huh. It, it's challenging because you know they're they're moody. They, if they take their medications, they're, they're they're fine. But a lot of times they go off the meds or or they won't take their meds, and so it's it's just a struggle. And, and through the caring of my wife and and all, um, we stepped forward. And her passion came because when um, the name of our house is R.G. Henderson House and. Uh, Sergeant Henderson, who was uh, my wife's ROTC uh, instructor at Mission High School in San Francisco, um, he did a a deal for her. He took care of her, her daughter. She was a high school uh, high school mom, and uh, in order to graduate, she had to go to school, but she had no one to take care of the child. And so Sergeant Henderson, beyond the school, had her bring the child to school, and he actually kept her. Oh, like made a little bassinet in one, in one of his uh, cloud oh. cabinets to, wow. to keep her right? all, all day during school. What a so, guy. Uh, and we're still in contact with Sergeant Henderson. In fact, all of his uh, ROT students really stay in contact with him. So uh, in order to pay him back and for what he had done for her, and since it was a military situation, we decided to name our home after in his his, his honor. What Fantastic. an amazing man. Uh, exactly. Like it sounds like one of the huge obstacles, one of one of the major stressors is just navigating the system. Navigating the system is uh, a bit of a challenge for our vets. As a former VA hospital operator for almost seven years, um, I learned how to navigate the system by becoming knowledgeable mm-hmm. of the system. Mm-hmm. And what I what I did is I started sharing my knowledge as an operator with the vets on how to navigate the system. Because, you know, systems are challenging for our vets and the frustration level, the bureaucratic frustration that they have to deal with, with a lot of our vets need someone to advocate on their behalf. Yes. Yes. Be it volunteer, be it training as a VSO, veteran service officer, um, whatever it is that we need to do, volunteer at stand down, homeless uh, veteran camps, whatever we can do to educate them because a lot of times they're, they're I, I believe when they're let out I don't know I didn't serve I was just an old JROTC brat <laughs> that wanted to serve and thank God for Sergeant Henderson mm. um, I'm doing this in his honor mm. and um, we just found that if we share our knowledge with the vets and they're not stuck behind disappointments then then they'll move forward and sometimes it's just a matter of, of loving them right on through it um so it sounds like a lot of a lot of them get defeated early yes. on just 
just by the immensity probably of it. Talk about some of those obstacles. What What's so defeating in the process, and, and how are you able to give them hope through what well, you do? Well, if you give them respect yes, and you show them truly from your heart that you honor them. Mm, that's it. Mm, that's it. Yes. And they're not getting that. No, no, they're not. Um, I And this really kind of started by me needing a closing as an operator. As an operator, I answered the phone via hospital operator, blah, blah, blah. I needed a closing. And so I, I needed my own closing. And, I, and I, I started just closing by saying, thank you for serving, sir, mm-hmm. ma'am, mm-hmm. transferring you now. Absolutely. That was my closing. Then I started getting reactions from the close. And there were two. <laughs> Go ahead. That's okay. That um, really brought birth to uh, Henderson House. There were two vets that broke my heart. A World War II vet, I ended with my closing, and he, in uh, almost like utter shock, said, what did you say? And when they say that, then I'm like a cheerleader, and I, thank you for serving, sir. I bet you didn't know you are my hero, and I'm transferring you now. Uh-huh. And so he stopped me before I transferred him, and he named me the date the year and the time that he signed up and went in Mm. and the date, the year and the time that he came home. And he said, I was the first person to tell him, thank you. Mm. Mm. And that broke my heart. And I thought, wow. So my boss and them, they knew I was just a patriotic cheerleader. So they would allow me to, you know, regroup. And, um, that, that made me started really saying thank you. So I, I was known as the thank you operator and it got so good to me. I would really get fired up before I go to work by listening to my patriotic songs on my way. <laughs> and then, and then it got so good on my way yeah. in the, into the VA. I'd be, Oh, thank you for serving. Like, good morning. How are you? And it really just, it really was the fulfillment of my life. I mean, yeah. it was the highlight of my life. And, um, unfortunately I had to leave that job under duress and, um, I thought that was the end of my mission, but it allowed me to broaden our mission um, by taking it to the streets. Amen. And you take it to the streets by volunteering. You take yes. it to the streets by coming across people and asking a simple question. You're standing in line. Good morning. Are you a veteran? Yes. Amen. When they say yes, you say thank you. And yes. when they say no, I had to think of a closing for that. <laughs> when they say no, you say well, join me and think of it today. Yeah. That's just my mission. You know, I tell them and I just kind of get them to join me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so they do it. Um, advocating on their behalfs is just what we can do. Simple things like inviting vets to be a part of the Veterans Day Parade. Mm. They're yeah. everywhere. And when mm. you do that, you'd be amazed. We invited vets in the neighborhood to be a part of the first Veterans Day Parade in Sacramento, California that Henderson House was a part of. And coincidentally, our home is right in front of the mailbox, so everyone we're sitting out there drinking coffee saying good morning, everybody. And if they're a vet, we reach out. And from doing that, seven vets attended the parade with us. Oh, that is awesome. Allegra and and, and Chuck, I'm just wondering if most of the people that come to the Henderson House with you, are they from the Iraq War, or is, is there any war that's more prevalent there or we have one uh, Vietnam era vet mm-hmm. who served as a mechanic in Hawaii for four years, and we have one Vietnam vet. Um, we've had most of our vets have been Vietnam vets. Vietnam. Um, we had a, a first sergeant that was uh, uh, he was actually a Purple Heart in Vietnam, and he um, was with us for about a year. We also had the privilege of serving a World War II vet. 
Papa Ed, they called him from Texas. Boy, and you know, there's not many World War II vets. No, there isn't. So that was a real privilege. That was, especially after getting that word from the World War II vet over the phone as an operator. So having the privilege of meeting this World War II vet who was homeless in Sacramento and they, I, I, somebody told him about us and, and we took him in and we, he was with us for a few months and then he went back to Texas. Well, Vietnam, especially Gardal, uh, the, was more the guys era. came back yeah, that and, was... and were really disrespected in, in many yes. ways. And <laughs> yeah, add, add the, uh, add the stress, you know, that they had anyway and, and the trauma they went through and add to that, you know, a, a negative reception. Oh, yeah. That stereotypes to, uh, exactly. really some traumatic stuff going uh, on inside. Uh, we, 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 call, we call baby killers and all of the different types of uh, derogatory names. Uh, what I'm seeing is on the other end of the spectrum from uh, Olivia, uh, Allegra and Chuck is that I've seen the younger vets. I have, uh, one from Afghanistan who's mm. only 27 years old. But combat trauma, um, he has a lot of psychological things that are going on. And another one that is, uh, out of, out of Iraq, mm-hmm. which is ended from quite a few years ago. But still, these guys come home traumatized, battle traumatized, and a lot of them don't even get any debriefing. Mm-hmm. A lot None. of them, um, their, uh, psychosis and their, uh, uh, illnesses aren't addressed right. appropriately. And, um, I'm finding that many of them come back, uh, addicted. Yes. Also, yeah. to the drugs. Yes, very much so. Uh, for it would say utilize as an escape uh, from what they were doing. There is no one in this room or you can tell an individual combat vet what he's been through and, and what's what's going on. What they usually hear is, um, "Well, you're going to get a job home now." Or you hear the commercial on TV. Or, you know, yeah. it's, you're, um, they're home now, and his dad says, "Well, okay, you're going to get a job now, or what? Um, what's going on with you? Um, you can only stay here for a while, then you got to you got to move on." There's no welcoming back. Right. There's no parades and, and big fanfare and, and, and ticker tape anymore for the average vet that does come back home except, except despair mm. and feeling, uh, alone. Yeah. And then just turn, turn, you know, back, I, turn back. I, I know for, for Mike, uh, can speak for the first responders when people go through the kinds of experiences that oh our guys and, and gals go through and, and the combat experiences that they, they, they must endure. There. Horrible. There's a deep briefing, and then help me with the words here, Mike, that you go it's through. It's a when critical you stress back. incident debriefing. What, kind of, what yeah. kind of timeline are we looking at, and does that timeline, does it change for each one, and what, what process are they going through when they come back, and how can we help them, how can we better respond to our men and women when they come back. Uh, well, I found this is just what Allegra is saying and M. Chuck is saying. The first thing, and that's so astounding about what you said, when you just look at it and say, thank you. Yeah, or you welcome know? home. Yeah, and welcome home. If you know home. they're an Iraqi vet or Afghanistan yeah. vet coming home, yeah. you amazed at what welcome home will be. Yeah, because it hasn't been said to them. Right. You know? even, a, even a Vietnam vet. Saying that's welcome the, home. That's the first thing. Even now. That's the even first now. Thing. That's even the first now. Thing. But not turning around and saying, okay, get a job. Get yeah. a real job. Yeah. What, did, that's did, not the thing. Uh, did no, you kill no, anybody no, over no, there? No. Or oh, uh, did you God. see, what did you see? What was it like? And things. And I was fortunate enough, I didn't see any combat. Uh, I was Air Force, but I saw the residuals of it, the trauma of it. Yeah. Uh, we flew the, uh, recognizance of bringing in a lot of wounded soldiers. Yes. So it, um, gosh, there was just, there's nothing more. I, if I try to think of what I could do for a vet more than what we're doing right now as the ground level, starting it out, 
is exactly what we're doing. Say, hey, thank you, welcome home. Here's a bed and here's something to eat, clean clothes, and what 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 can we do? With Many that? of them want to be rejoined with family, but that's assuming they have family to be rejoined. Assuming that's that. a, yes, and that's uh, a whole nother battle. Yeah. Yes, my wife. Uh, she had a, a brother, Tommy. Her brother Tommy, <clears throat> who she hadn't seen for many years. In fact, years. he was taken out of her arms and given to his biological father and uh, he was in, in the desert storm and for yes, some for some reason she called the Red Cross looking for him and uh, they, they got in contact with him and when he got out he came to Sacramento and he stayed with us for a while and we just noticed you know he played this loud music had the headphones on and he's just he was in off, another zone yeah, off into space. I, I, and I didn't know anything about I wasn't a VA operator at the time uh-huh. I, I, I wasn't doing any of that at the time I knew nothing about I loved vets but I knew nothing about what they went through mm-hmm. and I never knew what he went through until recently I mean within the last six months he actually shared with me but I, I noticed that he would put these earphones on and he would zone out and he drank he drank and I thought what, what was it only recently in the last six months he uh, admitted to me over the phone that he was having a challenge and it, it turns out that um, he definitely has the symptoms and I'm not a diagnostic doctor but I do have some mental health experience personally mm-hmm. it sounds like he has all of the symptoms of PTSD mm-hmm. now to have them seek out the help for that it, that's another challenge all in itself. Right. It is. It is. And I, I don't understand the stigma. And families, I, I think the most um, challenging thing for the vets that we've come across is those who are alienated from their families. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if you can, even advocating on behalf of restoration of the family is a benefit to the vet. Even if it doesn't work out, Definitely. because they know that you advocated on their behalf and you tried to reach them, it might have been one visit. Oh, exactly. Know, after twenty years or whatever, but that yeah, one visit make a difference. And many of our boys had left. Remember, uh, a lot of guys had signed up to get out of here to get out of trouble. A lot of them had gotten caught up in a lot of a lot of things and different things, burning bridges of family relationships, dysfunctional families. Right. So a lot of these guys left and enlisted to get to leave to run away from problems and only to go over and deal with what they dealt with there and right. come back and the problem still remained. Yeah. So um, and didn't want to go home, you know, didn't want to return to that. So we deal with that stigma also, and I, like I'm saying, I'm seeing the youngsters that are coming. Yeah. I'm starting to receive. We're starting to receive those in our program, and uh, it's astounding. It's astounding. You know, I, I had the honor of um, I, I was a, an, a trainer of the operators in Mather uh, a VA Hospital, and I did have the privilege of training uh, some some Iraqi vets. Um, I had the privilege of training an awesome hero by the name of Alvin. I'll never forget him. He um, TBI is a major issue today, traumatic brain injury for our veterans coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan. And that is, is, it's extremely challenging to deal with. You know, here I am, I've trained an operator who's a a combat veteran, and I had to learn how to work with his disability. We all had disabilities, and that was his. And, you you know, compassion is, is, is just the key to a lot of the hurdles that that our vets are going to face when they come home. Absolutely. And, you know, just having compassion for him, knowing, and I didn't understand, he had to educate me 
about TBI. You know, he'd come in and he might be a little moody and he'd turn off the lights and close all the blinds. And I didn't understand exactly what was going on, uh-huh. but it was from TBI yeah. and he needed that type of serenity. Yeah. And that's why that particular show, he worked like the swing shift or something. But, um, I, I remember, I remember just watching him battle this and, and you, still try and stay afloat. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, one thing that is also is helping, and, and I want to, all of you that are hearing us out there tonight, um, welcome these veteran homes yes. into your neighborhoods. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm in the middle of a war zone between northerners and southerners, and uh, I still see compassion yes. and feeling and respect from everyone in that neighborhood, regardless of their differences regardless of what's going on in the neighborhoods, the violence, and regardless of all that, they respect our veterans. Yes, they do. They respect our veterans. They do respect them. Wow. Once they know. That's right. Okay, it is our job, too. I went through the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. to the p- prospective places that we wanted to try to open some houses and get some beds open for these people. And I never got one uh, bad f- feeling or a vibe from, no, we don't want you here. A rejection. None, mm-hmm. No rejection mm-hmm. at all. Open arms. Wow. You know, when I first walked up into the yard, they were kind of like, okay, who's this guy coming up in here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as I said what it was about and the word veterans, all walls came down. Yes. So it does transcend. And I'm so cr- proud of my community here in Modesto wow. of what they've done and taken Thank apart for, for the veterans you. and for the fallen police officers. Wow. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. that Definitely. Is amazing. Keep up the good Well, work. we've come to a time in the program, you guys, where this is one of our, our very favorite uh, special times, Gardal. Mike and I previewed this, and I have to tell you, this is awesome. Get, your, get that Kleenex ready, I brother. Got my <laughs> <laughs> Chuck she and Allegra. We want to dedicate this to you and to all of our brothers and sisters who have served in any branch of military in any war. Um, this song just crosses all of those lines, and it's done. For all of you who have served, and we do from the bottom of our hearts, we thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We thank you. Thank you. This is a song done by Phil Stacy, and it's called Old Glory, and we'll be back right after this. In the midnight hour, I see her waving proudly through the night. The stars and stripes she bears. Are a glorious sight She represents all the heroes Who couldn't stand to see her fall They represent this great nation And remind us all There is still a land of freedom And a home for the brave A nation under God Where justice reigns There's a country united However different we may be We can walk a little taller When we see Oh glory There is strength within our colors And a courage all can see That brings hope and peace to some 
and others to their knees. There is power in her presence and a calm within her way. And if you listen closely, you can hear her say, there is still a land of freedom and a home for the brave. A nation under There's a country united, however different we may be. We can walk a little taller when we see. Stacy, oh glory, awesome. Our guest tonight, uh, Charles and Allegra Taylor, and our good friend, uh, Gardall Wilson, talking about ministry to veterans and talking about two programs tonight here in Modesto, Victory for Veterans and the R.G. Henderson House up in uh, Sacramento. You know, I was thinking as, as we were talking over some of these issues, and I want to come back to the family's role in just a minute because that, that's so important. But I think as, as, as humans, we tend to shy away from, uh, reject, be fearful of the unknown. 
yes. what we don't. So uh, when when we're confronted with veterans with mental illnesses, with addictions, with uh, TBI, traumatic brain injuries, PTSD, things we don't understand. Uh, unfortunately, probably you know the 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 natural reaction is to shy away a little because we don't know what is happening. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what's available so that folks can understand things a little bit better, so they can be uh, more welcoming, so they can uh, really minister intelligently and strategically with um, with veterans. And it sounds like in in your case, Allegra, God God gave you. A career path for a while that uh, he then used in a, in a very powerful mm-hmm. way. But let's just talk about the general person Dynamics. sitting in the pew. How, how do we help them help veterans in their community? Well, you know, the stigmatism and the fear of mental health is, is just, um, it's, it's paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I I don't have that kind of fear, so um, I I think I'm kind of unique in that way. I don't I don't experience fear of people yes. like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess my 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 personal motto is I I never know when I'm entertaining an angel. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Wow. You know? Amen. So <laughs> exactly. If this <laughs> could be Jesus Himself or an angel, that's right. How would I treat him? So even as a young girl, I I, I remember um, I was never afraid to, to talk to the wino or the person standing with a tin cup or can collecting money. That was I, I never had a fear of that. So it actually comes kind of natural to me. But working with a Stand Down of Sacramento, for example, I've been doing that since 2006. And that Stand Down, what is that? Stand Down Sacramento is a three-day homeless veteran camp. And they're actually stand downs given in several different cities as well as states. And, uh, Sacramento is the one that I've participated in. I've been asked to participate in a couple of more. I can work it now with my schedule now that I'm not the VA anymore. But, um, stand down, like I said, is a three day homeless veteran camp. Um, they provide for them services while they're there. They can do closed closet services. Wow. Um, they have mental health. There are um, dental, uh, eyes, medical. medical. Um, the number one, I think, thing that's offered to the veterans there are is court. Our vets mm. can take their tickets and they can go to court at stand down in their city or county, and they can work off their debt of that. That uh, particular is it like a community ticket. service. It is. It's community service wow. that can be done wow. in the three days while they're there. Love so it's that. not going to warrant it's for an not, FTA. No, exactly. not at all. And exactly. they can be doing anything like breaking down, cleaning up, recycling. I mean, there's so many different things you can That's do. Great. And many of these citations are issued for trespassing, loitering, minor, panhandling, real, real minor, you know, getting minor on the light things. rail or yeah, exactly. bus. You know, sleeping in you know uh, areas that are designated. Um, Charles, you were going to say something. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Oh, no. Okay. So, yeah, and it, uh, I found that, and then I want to say this too, because the Veterans Association that is here in Modesto, and the ones that I have dealt with, are excellent people. Mm-hmm. The, I've run across so many people that truly have the same, uh, aspect and outlook as Allegra, because right. they do tell me, and it's, it's obviously spread throughout the system because you're the originator of I was it. Say, I have she been told, hey, really you know what? Yes. Thank you for serving. Oh, I have. Really? I have. And 
when I do have to make my appointment, so I do need to uh, see to it that another uh, uh, <coughs> thing yes. needs some needs some assistance. They are very, very there upon it. So it has changed yes. in the last 10, 15 years yes. uh, from what my father and his father, who were also military, have seen. Right. Mm. So I have kudos and salutes mm. to the Veterans Association yes. and the fantastic changes that they are making. And if they would just take me and Allegra's phone number, we could probably speed that up a little quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was going to say. Ditto. <laughs> We can get right to the point, you know. <laughs> but bureaucracies and, and, and red tape is, is another big frustrating thing for them. Mm. Because by yes. the time, I'm sure Lego and Chuck can also, that our organization has been at literally right now uh, just housing people for free. Housing yes, vets for it. free. Because until their benefits do kick in. You have to love it. You've got to, uh, what are you going to do? You've made the commitment now. Okay, That's well, right. You don't get your money until such and such a time or you don't have any uh, 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 benefits until such and such a time. So it's out of pocket for all the individuals that are volunteering to do these services, That's which right. we gladly step up to do. And there's so much help in, in, in the community that is assisting us. So I want to put that out there, too. It's not all doom and gloom. It is getting so much better. Yes. And people really, really are could yes. be getting to show and care. I, I walk out of there feeling proud to be a vet. Yes, awesome. We're we're so glad to hear that piece of, of the. Yeah, because it's it's you know they, we need they need to know too that there are so many in there that are passionate about being thankful for it. That's true. Cardo, a couple of minutes ago, you uh, you said something significant, and I want to come back to that. Okay. You always say something significant. Well, that's just one thing I want to talk about. <laughs> I, got, I got fed before I got yeah. <laughs> A few, few minutes ago, we, we were talking about approaching veterans, yes. and so much appreciate your uh, very simple approach, Allegra. Thank you, yes. you know, for, yes. your, for your service. Oh, but th- there is a process of building trust. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is is becoming a good listener. Uh, really refraining from questioning, judgment. refraining from refraining from judgment. Yes, just yes. being a, a good listener. And one of the things that, that you hit on, uh, Gardal, was to avoid some questions that end the conversation. Absolutely. You know, did you kill anybody? Exactly. Did you shoot yes. anybody? I mean, these these are things that the veteran doesn't want to. Oh my no. goodness. And I found you know that do a lot of funerals uh, for families of you know World War II vets, yes. Korean vets, yes. Vietnam vets, etc. And uh, many of them say, you know, uh, he or she never talked about. No. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, so when we approach someone, Gardal, let's, let's talk about the approach that we should have so that we can build a relationship and trust and not violate right. some of the things that are, are, are deeply wounding that person. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, our, what we do is, first of all, is show some love, you know, mm. and, mm. um, uh, a handshake, a pat on the back, mm-hmm. um, uh, an invitation to listen. Once you come on down, we got you have a meal for you. Because even though we may not have a bed for them, uh, we're serving meals. We at least they know that we put out there. Let it be known that you hungry, you can come here and get a meal. Yes, it's called hospitality. Okay? That's it. Exactly. That we yes. were taught from from the very beginning. So why are we not showing these warriors of uh, of our country that type of hospitality? We need to get over the stigma of the. Um, the mental health thing, because most of the mental health problems that they have, they acquired fighting for our country. 
Exactly. Protecting we us. have freedom yes. because that. of Protect what that's right. Protecting us. That's right. So um, <laughs> the only person that should have been afraid of them were the, were the people that they were over there protecting that's us from. Right. Amen. And now that they have returned home, we need to embrace them. Yes. Okay. And embracing them, as, as I told the mic, don't dig, no. don't ask. They will slowly but surely begin to let you in on what's I going trust. on with them. I trust. Them. Because yes. that meal, that shower, yes. that bed you gave them that night. Open the door fifty percent for them to be able to yes, be receptive. Dear. They start feeling that somebody cares. Yes, so that is it. There have been times to when my wife she's come home and she starts going through the pots, and the next thing you know she's going out the door and she says, "Well, I saw this homeless person and they oh. wanted some money. Oh. I didn't have any money to give." She said, "But I will go get you some food and bring it back." Mm. And uh, she's brought it back to them, and they've been there. And they said, well, I didn't think you were coming back. Mm, she said, I told you I was coming back, so here it is. She said, I can't give you any money, but I can feed you. And uh, she's done that on numerous occasions. I'm looking for food, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, precious. You, you're married to an angel in disguise. Yes, you are. <laughs> you are entertaining an angel. <laughs> He's the angel. Yes. <laughs> you are both angels. We are just so privileged they and are, pleased to have are. you with us. It's you know, I just want to say one thing on this mental health thing. You, you know, this stigmatism with mental health, one of one of my obstacles of getting by it, especially with people who are talking, well, what do you do with their health? You know, what about their mental health issues? Well, I just look them square in the face and I say, you know, we all have mental health issues. Mm. Mm. And we do. Some Absolutely. addressed mm. and some unaddressed. <laughs> some diagnosed. But to what not. degree, you, you know, are we to judge? We can't. That's not our place. Our doctor friend would so agree with you. Yes. We all have issues. We all have yes. them. You know, yes. I have yes. them. We all have them. Don't we? Yes, we do. That's and that's important. That once you, once these people believe that you're genuine yes. and that you really care. Now, how can you really show someone that you are genuine, you really care? <laughs> oh, offer them something to eat. Oh, have you got a place to lay your head? And be yourself. Yes. You yes. need some clothing. You need something. I know, Pastor Mike, you've got a passage in there that's going to cover this. Cause he's got passages in his sleep. He can, yes. Yes, 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 he does. <laughs> and I know you guys have stories that you have seen lives change oh, yes. as you serve and minister to them. And you don't have to mention names, but from your heart, Allegra, Chuck, can you share some of those? Well, yes, we can. We had the privilege and the honor of housing one um, Canadian vet. Mm. Mm. That was quite an experience. Uh, he was with us for a year and a half, and um, he was difficult. We had a full house at the time, and, and he really didn't get along with anybody. But one of the things that we was mandatory in our home was we accept each other as we come. Mm -hmm. Just like Jesus accepts us, mm -hmm. that's how we accept each other in here. Mm -hmm. And if it were a point to where someone, because we can all retrieve to our own private areas. And he was a little bit challenging, but you know, one of the things that Sergeant Henderson, who is still alive, um, shared with me is don't give up on him. Mm -hmm. yes. Because so many other people have. Yes. Now, little did I know that he was here in the United States from Canada. He was only one of two children, uh, two boys. He was never married, never had any children. And he had a brother in Canada that he had a broken relationship with. Both parents had died. His bitterness was from his isolation that was somewhat created as a result of being a combat veteran. Mm -hmm. 
and then being a Canadian veteran that fought with the U.S., I think that made it a little bit more challenging. I never did get to get all the details because you don't question. You know, you allow them to speak as they choose to. And he shared very little with us. But where we found out we were making a difference is when we got a phone call one day from his brother from Canada of whom we heard him talk about, but we'd never met. And when I answered the phone, it was as though he knew me. Allegra? And I said, yes. And he said, I've been waiting to meet you. (laughs) You know, I just have to say, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I now have this relationship back with my brother, and we've had a broken relationship for years. I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing, and thank you. Amen. Amen. And that makes it all right. Making that little bit of difference is a big plus, because we didn't know that only a few months later he would be returning back home to that brother and two niece, a niece and a nephew, and then he would die at oh home. Is that right? Really? With that family. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thank you for sharing It's awesome. That. It is awesome. <laughs> it's a privilege. Thank you for that. Mike, you found your passage? You, uh, we were been talking about not judging. Yes. And, and accepting. And, and just so, so much appreciate your words. Like, you know, yes. Jesus meets us where we are, as we are. Amen. And, and he takes it from there. That's it. Uh, we don't have to do a performance. We have to get no. cleaned up, and, and we need to do the same. There is a, a wonderful verse, and it, it's one that uh, our fellow pastor, Ross Bryles, and I have really been parking on for quite some time, and, and, and God is allowing to unpack Amen. new meanings out of this. Yes. It, you'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Therefore... Do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts, and then each man's praise will come to him from God. Yes. That a great reminder. It's awesome? not our job <laughs> no, to, judge. to pass judgment. Our, our job is to make a connection. That's to it. Be, to be Jesus with, with skin on. That's you know, it. And, and uh, this is just such a, a powerful dynamic when we're willing just to meet people as they are and accept them. Accept you know, so them. often we, we want to take them, you know, if, if we've been maybe through a, a, a healing and we're, uh, we have gone from square A to B to C to D and we're on square G. Right. We want that person to start on G because we know the better. <laughs> right. And we gotta go and be on square That's A. That's right. And go to B and go to C. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Listen, we, we, we have some great nuggets here and I'm sure some people are saying, Whoa. Hey, I want to know more about this. How, how do we talk to these people? How, how do, oh how can people goodness. get in touch yes. with, with you, guard all, and, and get connected with all these wonderful movements yes. here. Oh, definitely. Just um, go to Victory for Veterans, uh, area code 209-496-2500, and we will be more than happy to let you know how you can help. We're now getting uh, getting mar- getting networking out into uh, the other agencies that are here in town, and, and they are opening arms with us to assist us. I just, uh, to show you how the Lord works, I just... Uh, Talked to Chuck and Allegra a week ago, two weeks ago. We <laughs> never, yes, we never met. How God works Today was men. the first day we've ever seen yes. each other. And Garnall really. calls me the other day. And he said, "Elaine, you got to, you got to meet these people." Yeah. And I said, "Cool, they're from Sacramento. Bring them on down." Wow, yeah. definitely. It's a blessing. So yeah. look what he has brought together. And I think what's so cool here is you, you didn't wait for a, a big program to uh-huh. happen. 
You you took what God put on your heart yeah. and you did it. That's and I think a lot more people would do that. Man, we we, we turn our cities upside down. Upside good, down. Wouldn't we? Yeah, it's so mm. easy. It's wouldn't not hard. It's not. Hard. It's not hard. If you got it in your heart, it's not hard. It's not hard. You know how are we going to do? How are they going to be able to uh, contact you guys? Well, we're on Facebook, RG Henderson House at Facebook. We also have a new website that's under construction. We're with Intuit. Uh, websites and that's uh, rghhvets.intuitwebsites.com. So that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. That's a mouthful. Yeah. For, for the moment, go to Facebook. Right? Yeah, Facebook <laughs> Henderson House Vets. RG Henderson House, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you can. And what we've learned to do. Yeah, they had we to teach this old up. dog a new trick on Facebook. Uh, you know, yeah. what I mean, but you got to do it to to reach people because that's where a lot of young oh, you people have to use live. teenagers. Yeah. See, we have teenagers. We used to be former youth workers uh-huh. before we start serving vets. <laughs> and they are the real techies, aren't yeah, they? We have, right. we have youth for vets. They work right. for our vets, too. That's a, that's a wise, very, wise thing very to do. Wise. And we also have a, a phone number, too. It's area code 916-368-0733. And, you know, All right, beans, let me, uh, let me give those uh, again. Here in Modesto, uh, to contact our good brother uh, Gardall on Victory for Veterans, 209-496-2500. That's 209-496-2500. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. <laughs> and then our, our, our new friends, yes. uh, Charles and Allegra Taylor, uh, they, they can be reached uh, with the R.G. Henderson House uh, ministry that they're doing at area code 916 Three six eight zero seven three three. That's nine one six three six eight zero seven thirty three. Very quickly, Allegra, Charles, Gardal, how can we pray for you? You just said you had teenagers who are coming up on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Allegra. Thank you. Happy oh my Day, goodness, Allegra. Oh, thank you, Ruby and Dorothy. Oh yes, and to Mike's mom, Kathy oh, yes. in yes. Southern California. Amen. Yes. Oh, how can we pray for you, my friend? Oh, just pray for us to keep doing what God wants us to do with these vets. I think this is our mission till the end. Chuck, you have anything to add to that? I just, you know, pray that we can just continue on this path. It's sometimes, you know, it gets a little discouraging, but you just got to press in. Press you know, in. Don't, don't stop. You know. And it's not on our understanding. You can't go by what you believe. You got to go by how you're directed by the Lord. That's Amen. it. Exactly. Amen. We're providing good, we're providing these services for vets regardless of their ability to pay. We regardless. want that understood all the time. I want to say a big happy Mother's Day to Ruby Kennedy. We Amen. love her. And yes. my redhead Dorothy. Oh, we, yes. Amen <laughs> to that too. Dear friends, wherever you're listening, we want to thank you for sharing a part of your evening with us here on Lighthouse Live and Advancing Vibrant Communities. May God continue to bless you. And happy Mother's Day Happy to Mother's all Day. mothers Happy Mother's everywhere, Day. yes, we love you.